0: On this 20th episode, of the Actual Fluency Podcast, I talk about why I learn languages, and then I have a chat with Richard Simkin. Welcome to the Actual Fluency Podcast, the podcast that gives you the tools and inspiration to learn languages faster and more efficiently. And now your host, Chris Broholm. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com Get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash fluency Hello everyone and uh, welcome to the 21st Actual Fluency Podcast And as you might have known, I omitted episode 13 for cultural reasons So this is actually the 20th episode of the very podcast you're listening to right now and in lieu of that kind of an anniversary, I've decided to not only bring on an amazing guest, Mr. Richard Simcutt, whom you're going to listen to in just a brief moment, but I'm also going to be just taking up a little bit of your time here in the introduction to talk about language learning on a very personal level. Because you see, when I started in the whole language learning Uh, kind of uh, community half a a year ago so it was actually two years prior to that that I had sort of unofficially entered it and the background for entering was I did not know what to do with my life and you know you kind of drift around you watch some YouTube clips and I was always into languages so It was natural for me to stumble upon these great people speaking in you know 10 languages on youtube or even more i remember seeing richard uh, benny and luca and many more i'm sure that i don't remember the names of or people who might have you know become sort of inactive in the community and I, i i came across this at a at a kind of a personal dark hole i was in a very dark hole and you know we all have our bad times in life i'm sure and 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 My life was definitely no exception. I had uh, been suffering from what was probably depression. I was not sure what what to go, where to go with my life. Uh, I'd been through, you know, family divorce, uh, parent dying, and a house fire as well. So there was lots of stuff going on that kind of makes you kind of. I guess it just touches you emotionally, and I never really got over any of that. So I was in this dark hole and just not really sure what to do, and I signed up for a generic university degree, English, a BA in English, probably the most generic one you can do, and I didn't really have any kind of, let's say, deep passion for English literature or culture, but I mean, I, I enjoy English uh, literature and culture to to a certain extent, don't get me wrong, but I, I was signed up to the education just to get an education really and I think that's a pretty poor way to look at it and I considered the job of teaching you know high school children as a kind of a backup plan in a sense you know it's like I'll find what I'm really passionate about and if that fails I will go teach high school kids with my BA in English or well it has to be an MA in English but you know once you have the BA I'm sure the MA is just a two years of formality it's the same kind of work you're doing anyway um, But the point I want to make is that language learning for me has has become kind of a, a light in a dark hour, just not only doing the kind of work and... You know, getting to know other languages, but meeting people in the community. I mean, I met so many wonderful people just on Facebook, many of them. And I was blessed enough to go to the Berlin Polygot gathering to meet even more people. And it just kind of enforces to me what I'm trying to say here is that. Learning all these languages, it's not a gimmick, you know, it's not a trick. It's not some kind of party trick that you can just whip up at a party. Oh, yeah, I speak Russian, by the way. You know, of course, that's nice. I mean, it's fun to see people's reactions. You do what? Um, But that's not why I do it. And I'm sure that's not why most of the people in the community do it. We do it because... Uh, from, let me speak for myself first I do it because it's a way of life and the person who showed me this was actually Benny Lewis Benny was you know traveling I always wanted to travel I could never really figure out how to travel I didn't have any kind of job that sustained it I didn't have an education that I could just bring with me I and I had lots of stuff not tons of stuff but I had too much stuff to just kind of go and and do it anyway so when he was writing about traveling and staying for a place th- for three months teaching English or whatever he was teaching at the time it was sort of like it wasn't just he wasn't just showing a career path or a kind of a a, a, a way to exist or a way to live he was showing to me personally a, a new way of life which I was immediately attracted to but as you know you it, when when you see something new it's exciting then you go to bed and next day you forgot about it or something you know or it the idea is brewing in your head for me definitely I I always take a lot of brewing times every time I have a decision to make I always need to think it over in my mind so this whole journey for me is not about becoming a hyper polyglot for the sake of it it's about the journey itself and the experience you obtain you know I wouldn't be able to go to Oh, I wouldn't have gone to the polyglot gathering in Berlin if my interest was solely based on you know get speaking a ton of languages. My, the, the, of course that's nice. You can't, you can never rule out the vanity factories You know, we are human beings. We have vanity, of course. So, and I'm sure those people who do speak t- ten or p- more languages. Of course, they're proud of it, and of course they want to you know show the world what they've done. But that's not the the driving force behind it. And. It should never be because it's a pretty weak one. But for me, language learning and the introduction into the community has been a lifesaver. Well, I wouldn't call it a literal lifesaver, but it's definitely taking my life from being very unproductive, doing absolutely nothing with it. And, you know, that's, that's a waste of life, isn't it? And now into producing not only this podcast to help other people who perhaps suffered as, as i did or am doing i mean we're all suffering to some extent aren't we um but it's also about me developing into a grown-up uh, you know growing up i'm 26 years old so by this time i probably um probably should be a grown-up by now but you know when you have these kind of periods of darkness in your life the the kind of growing up is, is second second most important to let's say watching tv or playing video games or whatever so that's all I want to say today you know it's a very personal message but this is basically just to thank you guys for listening uh, to the podcast and if you are a new listener to the podcast I promise that every episode is not like this you know this is the 20th episode uh, named episode 21 uh, logically um, but usually I just briefly introduce the topic and you know then move on from there I don't usually give these kind of long emotional uh, introductions but I want to thank you for listening through it and the interview with uh, Richard Simcard is is coming up now, and the first question I'm asking him is what he thinks of the Berlin polygot Gathering, because that's where I recorded the interview. And as always with these on-location interviews, I must yeah, kind of uh, apologize up front for the audio quality. There's a bit of a, you know, uh, some noise here and there. There's some echo, the recording conditions weren't optimum, but I hope that you forgive me anyway and enjoy the wise words of Richard Simcott and have a fantastic day, weekend or whatever is going on in your life at the moment. Write me a comment if you enjoyed this episode or any episode really, send me an email. I always enjoy them. Um but most of all thank you for being a listener and I'll see you on the next one.
1: I've really enjoyed the community and I've enjoyed being with with people who take part in the online community, in person. For me, that's the important thing. Right. The the thing I particularly like about that is the interaction, the social interaction uh, that we have, Uh, practicing languages, of course, but uh, more than that, learning from each other. Because I don't think that there's just one person we learn everything from. I think we all learn something from each other. and. That experience and that sort of motive, the motivation from both sides, uh, really engenders a, a sense of of wanting to continue and really promotes the interest
0: in language learning. Right. And you can it feels almost, doesn't it? Like right. you're sitting behind the screen at home, it seems like you're typing on Facebook, and it is a person, of course. But once you see them in real life,
1: you put a face to it. Exactly, that's when it becomes real, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's when it becomes real, and I think you know, I've I, I've been to conferences, obviously, like this one. I went to a conference in Parma, which wasn't the Polygot community, but it was a great event. And that I think really from that, when I won the um, the Ich competition in mm-hmm. um, the for, for Goethe Institute, and I became the ambassador for multilingualism. Right, um, great honor. Some people think I, I, I put the title on myself. I read somewhere recently, and they <laughs> said that he he calls himself this wow. ambassador, but actually it was it was the point of the, of the competition. Um, right, and and yeah, and I, I like the title because um, I, I hope that I can be that for people
0: yeah um,
1: I certainly get a lot of nice feedback from people that take their, their own time to write to me to say that they felt motivated by by a video or some things that I've done online right and I really appreciate it when people do that because it, it shows me that what I'm doing in my spare time is is appreciated right um, I think if it was if, if it weren't appreciated at all it just fell on deaf ears I think that there possibly wouldn't be the motivation there for me to do it still Um but the, the online community really I think it, it just grew and grew and grew more and more people started making videos and showing they had really good skills right. and good knowledge to share and it made sense to them bring that together in a in a physical place right. um, and, and I guess that happened last year with the with Budapest, Budapest it was Budapest, the first was you, one which you were uh, hosting or arranging yeah um, yeah. I was the, the, the main organiser for that event and hosted the entire event um, yeah. and people um, said it was amazing but short it's kind of the, the things I've heard I wasn't yeah. there people people wanted more more days in Budapest and I've got to be honest I didn't know what to expect it was the first time we were of doing course. it the initial response was very positive but um, I was also of Just that people need to go to work, people have studies, and I thought a weekend's a good amount of time because people do do these weekend trips. Sure, and Budapest is a great destination because there are lots of cheap flights from all across Europe, so it made sense. And then the Catalan, um, you know, link there also. Seemed like a really good idea. You could you could have locals who know about her and her story. In fact, we had the, the, the one of the people that, that put together her book, um, translation of the book, um, right. and, and he he talked about that while he sort of introduced it and in and brought copies as well. And um, Very unique, yeah, yeah. And then somebody talked about the Hungarian language. I think what we the polyglot conference, uh, just slightly different to the polyglot gathering, sure, is that we, we, we like to highlight the local language and culture languages and cultures too um, so we, ha- we highlighted the Hungarian language by having a lecture on the language itself um, and then there were some locals that came along as well I think here with the polyglot gathering really it's more a gathering of the polyglot community sure um, yes it's really nice that we're in Berlin right. um, the association is possibly not as strong to to bring in an expert on the German language and talk about, right. and talk about that and I think that that complements the other um idea of the conference very well sure and so when judith approached me at the polyglot conference about setting up a polyglot gathering over a longer period of time which appealed to a lot more people too just seemed like a really good idea yeah uh, to have the two things in place
0: Right. Yeah, and uh,
1: obviously you're looking forward to hosting one in Novi Sad as well. Exactly. And so October PolyglotConference.com. Yeah. <laughs> Go on there. Register. Get the blog in. Of exactly. course. <laughs> exactly. Of course. That's
0: why you here, But. And. Um, but. Yeah, but I wanted to ask you what kind of changes you're making compared to last year, and possibly you've learned something here as well that mm-hmm. you, you might incorporate into Novi
1: Sad. Uh, Novi Sad is going to have a different feel to the last two. For for this one and for to Budapest. In that, it's going to be done in cooperation with an, an official body in Serbia, right. So uh, the cultural center of Novi Sad is, um, is is really helping to host this event. It's going to be done in their official buildings. They're going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a slightly higher, um, I'd say, higher level of formality, okay. or actually, to the talks themselves. There's going to be the downtime, of course. People can can get together outside of the event, but it's going to be slightly more formal, right? I, I guess in that way, as you would expect a conference to be. Sure, yeah. I um, mean, yeah. the name of conference. And the of gathering... <laughs> It shows the levels of formality there. Right. The first conference, because it was the first one of its kind, and and I was, I was pretty much organizing it on my own with a local team in in, in Budapest. Right. Um, really, that that had uh, maybe less formality than we saw than we'll see in, in Novi Sad. Right. But I think both that event as
0: well will also be extremely enjoyable. Yeah, I'm sure. I've I've heard so many people asking me, "Well, you're going to Novi Sad," and so it seems like a lot of people will be yeah. going and uh, and looking for to that i guess um breaking away from the conferences a little bit uh, we haven't quite seen so much stuff from you in in the last uh, period of time Um how are you still keeping up with the kind of the community and 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 i guess the the learning as well while you're busy with uh, i presume your daughter growing up and family life yeah um well this is it
1: i mean uh, the key difference between me and many other people online is that i don't make any money from what i do online sure I simply do it as a hobby, uh, and I enjoy it. It's an enjoyable thing to do in my spare time. Um, what I like to do is to, to to engage the community, and I do that mostly via Facebook now. Um, I have a blog, uh, which I haven't updated for a, a couple of years, I guess, and that coincides with me starting um, university courses in Sweden online. <laughs> oh yeah, it's that Uppsala. So uh, in Dalarna. Oh, Dalarna. Um, yes. Yeah. So, I. I I work full-time. I have a full-time job. I um, need to put bread on the table for us to eat. Um, and then also, in addition to that, I study um, quite a lot of credits a year, I guess. Right. Um, and that is is my, my passion. If I weren't writing about it, it would be ridiculous to not be studying. This is sure. what I do. So I study languages. I, that's my main passion. Right. And... It's not my job to be to be writing, um, although I do enjoy it when I've got time. Right. As I say, the, the Facebook page is probably the one that I keep up to date right. most, and and I write there every week at least. Um, most days, actually, I probably write something on that. It's easy to stay in touch with exactly. the phone and wherever um, you are. Yeah, and it fits in. Um, it fits into. Tw- it feeds into Twitter. Sometimes I'll tweet independently of, of the. Um, the Facebook page so the Facebook page for anyone that doesn't know it who's listening yeah, sure. is facebook.com forward slash speaking fluently um, and the, the
0: Twitter account is linked from there so anyone that wants to see it can perfect And but I guess the, the fear that some people might have had by seeing you your kind of activity levels online go down was that you were quitting the language <coughs> studies but you said once that, you, that would never happen no
1: no <laughs> no I, I, I never quit language studies I think that um, organising the conference since last year it took a toll on me because if you think I had had a full-time job I have my studies I organised a conference in Budapest and then also um, I've got a family uh, as you say I have a young daughter and I, I, I help my daughter with her language learning and her, her schooling mm-hmm. as well so we do, you know, I work through her homework with her mm-hmm. and, and that she needs to learn to read and it, all of this takes takes additional time which I you know, which I gladly give sure. Um My actual, my life, my rhythm is probably from about 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, Central European time, right the way through to midnight. And I don't stop. All
0: right, that's a long day.
1: It's a long day. At the weekends, I take a bit of a bit of time out, um, so I don't work my job at the weekend. So I have a bit of time to study languages, maybe write a few posts on a Friday night or on a Saturday if I want to add something. Um, and then I, I do the normal things that you do with your your child: sure. take out to play, take her out to clubs so that she gets the opportunities in life that I think she deserves. Yeah. So
0: uh, no. Even more than that, I would say, because I listened to you talk on... Well, it was a bit of an informal talk about a little bit of everything, but you described the way you, you taught languages to your daughter, and I feel like you're doing quite a bit more than than other parents might do so I found that really kind of inspiring for for when I get to to that point where I should uh, bring up someone it's a big responsibility I feel like it's a huge responsibility Um, you you basically I see parenting
1: in this way Um, I'm preparing an individual to go out into the world and, right. and, and, to, and to make a life for, for, for herself so yeah. that's what I want to do I want to make
0: an individual who, who can stand on her own two feet right how um, do you how do you avoid overdoing it because obviously you speak you know uh, nobody knows how many languages these days but I mean I guess it's more than 10 if you have to say basic fluency um, uh, very difficult to put a number on of course and um, I, I, don't, I don't I don't want you to either it's just, it's just to illustrate that you could potentially teach her 10 plus languages but how do you kind of how do you avoid not going overboard with it because I'm sure some parents might be like fanatic the temptation could be there
1: to do that I think that you've got you've got to question is okay whose life is this (laughs) it's not you know your child is not an experiment right um, and your child is not um, a utensil to use to, to to live your own sort of maybe missed glory or something that you, you dream of for, for yourself or you think yeah. isn't some sort of ideal I think that um, you know, you've know got to take into account this is a new person to the planet, they've got lots of things to learn not just languages right. languages one is very important um, but they also have math skills that they need to develop, they also have social skills that they need to develop, they, used to have, they have to learn about um, you know, how things work um, in the world right. You know, whether it's the sciences or history or geography or whatever, they've got lots and lots of things that they need to study yeah. to get to a basic level of understanding where they can function in society right. and to and to be successful if they want to have a career. Right. So as I've got a duty to, to offer that to my, to my daughter. Um, in addition, I can give her a gift, which I think is more valuable than, than any money I can give her. And that's the gift of language. So, when, when it came to choosing which languages to speak, really, um, French, English, and Macedonian, just because I spoke them as, as well, Macedonian didn't speak as a child, but my wife and I spoke one or two of those languages ourselves as, as children, right. and um, we, we, they were important for us to carry on in the family. Um, German and Spanish because they're useful languages in Europe and Spanish in, in the Americas um, you know North and South America it's a big language <laughs> it's a big language and it made sense because it's not a hugely different structure it's not a hugely different vocabulary it just made sense right what I don't do is I don't burden my child with with um, making sure she's perfect or doing anything like that how can I she's seven years old <laughs> I didn't speak Spanish when I was seven no I didn't speak German until I was twenty-two so, um, you know, making her speak then uh, like a native, which just seems ridiculous. Of For me, the important thing is I speak if she speaks back in English or French or Macedonian, or if she speaks back in German or Spanish a little bit, I don't mind. And I, and I explained, we sat down when she was, I think, three years old. Right. And she said, Daddy, why do you speak to me in these different languages? Why do you speak in Spanish or in German? Why why don't you just use, use English or French? And I said, you know, I'll explain to you, when you're a big girl, you'll see that um, there are lots of places you can go and people speak different languages. Right. And it's so that you have a choice to go to more places and to be able to speak to more people. Right. And it gives you... Um, Know, more, more things to do because I had to put it in a child's way of, of thinking, of course, yeah. and um, so, and that's why I do it. And I said, You can listen to me, and that's all I the only thing I ask is for you to listen to me, right. that's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to speak back and try and speak the language, then I'm really happy and I'll help you to speak it better if you want. Um, but I don't expect anything else of it from this stage. Right. This stage.
0: So like and an unreal
1: pressure you're applying. It's yeah. Exactly. Her, yeah. her kind of pace and-, and I loved her reaction to that. She said, "Clever daddy." <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds like a very fine three-year-old. It was that.
1: very, it was very sweet, and it was really natural. And and uh, I mean, you know, you go through stages with kids. They'll have they'll have stages where she's had a couple of stages where she's she's, she's queried it a little bit, right. but I've not had anywhere near the issues that I've heard with other people raising multilingual children, right. refusing to speak a language, for example. Right. She's never really done that. And, and she will try and she will repeat. If I say, OK, let's see if you can try and say that. And we'll try and have a game where we say, OK, how do you say this in a different language? Right, yeah, Make it into a game. That's yeah. a good way to raise a kid, I'd say. And other things we do if we meet families that speak another language, she'll learn a couple of words. I mean, again, I don't, I don't go mad and say, don't you speak to my daughter in this language, in this no, new language? Because... No. I, again, there's, not, there's no really sense in doing it and right. the, the people who I'm talking to will think well, what yeah, it, what's it, it going on about? Right. Um, but recently we've got Italian friends uh, in Skopje and she hears a lot of Italian oh, and man. she's been listening to it now for a few months and now when I'm speaking to the, the parents in Italian and the, their children there too we can just speak in Italian to the, the, the three children together yes, yes. and um, and my daughter goes off and she knows what they're saying you know, she knows what we're saying to okay, them okay. so she started understanding and I think that's because of the shared roots between sure. through Spanish through Spanish, French it's not a huge leap for her to start getting some Italian right. it's a couple of words that I had to explain in the beginning when she started hearing it she's what's this, what does that mean right.
0: and I just said it and now she just knows. That's good because that shows she's curious as yeah. well. Because if she wasn't enjoying it, she would probably just kind of shut out and Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, as a small child, she went through the same thing with, with Portuguese. and um, she heard Portuguese quite a lot with some friends and. Um, She's also had experience of Hebrew and of Japanese and just picked up a few words. Right. But again, I, I wouldn't force her to keep keep up with that. <laughs> Although now, a few years later, she can still sing. Mary had a little Lamb" in Japanese. <laughs> and she can <laughs> she can still say a few things in uh, in Hebrew. Right. So she thinks it's really cute. Yeah. And she surprised me the other day in the car. And she said something in Hebrew. She's not heard it for a year. Wow. So I was like, oh.
0: Yes, child brains are, I guess, even more impressive
1: than... Any other brain. I mean, they forget a lot. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but they are like us in a lot more ways than we care to admit. But um sometimes they will surprise you. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's nice. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to ask you, um, switch the topic a little bit to general language learning. You know, there's all these blogs, all these videos, all this advice. And the question I had that I want to ask is quite specific is, do you think that we are getting better as, let's call it a unit of uh, people interested in learning languages do you think the whole philosophy and wisdom is getting better or do you think that the uh, the way to learn languages the original message that you kind of brought on do you think that's just being kind of refined or kind of inter- presented in a different wrapping so to speak i think or do you think there is a, a a trend of improvement okay
1: the improvement is definitely in technology right so there's an improvement in technology of what's possible yeah. Okay, and we, we've heard at the, the polyglot gathering of people's ideas of what they do and and things that help them to learn languages more efficiently. Right. And I think there's definitely that. What I would say is and what I think is really valuable is that we're getting a lot more voices coming in with their methods and how they learn. Right. And um there needs to be a gamut, a wide gamut of, of, of ideas and methodologies and that's because there's a wide gamut of personalities and individuals learning languages so yeah exactly so there's not i'd hesitate to say that we're getting better ways of learning languages i think that a lot of methodologies already existed yeah uh, and, and many people out there are parroting things that work Right. and work for them from what they've already seen. Of course. Like ass- assimilating their own message. Exactly. I mean, many of these things, translating from one language to another and, and checking the text, it's been done for, for, for donkey's use. Yeah. And same with, um, you know, accent formation. These are not new concepts. Right. You know, none of us are presenting these fantastic new innovations, except for its technology to use. We're not... Not, we're, not we're not reinventing the wheel. You can't. The, the things are already there. People have been using them for a long time. It's just that maybe some people may not have been aware of them, right? And they're being brought brought
0: to light in, yeah, and that's what I was in thinking. new packaging. That's what I was thinking. Because uh, you know, when six seven years ago, there wasn't that much material on the internet about it, let alone technology and, and, and resources. And because I've started writing a blog, and I see other people have started writing blogs, it's kind of like. It's not so much new things, it's just kind of maybe a new perspective, if anything. Yeah, it's it's an individual perspective on on things. And maybe,
1: you know, chopping and changing things, adding things and taking things away that worked. And they're, they're showing that you can combine different ways of learning to be effective. Although that, that way of being effective may not suit everyone. Right. They mean the next person may need to chop and change again. Yeah. And again and again and again and again. You can go on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. and, my key thing that I always say to people is um, we all wake up in in a different mood sure you feel a different way every day and throughout the day right and so you don't feel like doing the same thing every day and if you did you'd probably be bored yeah that would be boring yeah. yeah there are people that can do that yeah so there are people that can actually like routine and crave a routine they know at 8 o'clock they get up they get out of bed they go to the bathroom they sit down they have something to eat they listen to the radio and every day they do the same thing they're creatures of habits and that's fine too they can find their own way of learning a language but for people that have have, um, a wider spectrum of emotions during the day because chemically we're very different you know we all have little nuances within the way we think and the way we feel and the way we learn and the way we react to things and respond to, to people and things around us and That is the key thing, that being presented with more and more perspectives and more and more ways of of learning and doing things and, and being exposed to language for the purpose of improving our own language skills is really important because then we can recognize, okay, when I wake up and I feel terrible what can I do? Will will a song pick me up? Will I be able to to listen to something? Will I be able to do something like that to just get me in the mood a little bit more? Um, Will reading a children's story help? Will reading an adult story help? Will watching a sci-fi episode, you know, of of your favourite show, Star Trek or something, in a different language or with subtitles in a different language or a a mixture of whatever, will that help to get you going? Is that what you need on that day? Or can you sit down at the table and go through a course or go through a book or go through a dictionary as some people do yeah. what suits you and I think that that's where um the sort of the amount of information has increased right. to show these different methods in a more accessible way. Right. Because not everyone goes to you know university or goes to um, you know an, a place where you can really research this in detail. Right. Some people and a lot of people want shortcuts. Of course, yeah. A lot of people want shortcuts. The magic pill. Yeah. And the 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 actual truth is there is no shortcuts. Language learning is language learning is language learning. You need to do it. it, it takes it's, time. It's a type of overlearning. You need to know it you need, needs to go into your head yeah. it's not like um, you know it's, it's not like some of the knowledge let's say history you maybe need to remember some key dates and kind of what happened but you can paraphrase sure. to get your point across right um Okay, you, can't, you can't make up new, new facts, no. but you can paraphrase sure. using, using different words. You don't need to know it off by heart. Um, but language is slightly different to that because you do need to know. Right. You can't just fudge a word that easily. Right. You can talk around a word, but you still need other words to be able to do that. Sure. yeah. So it does make it quite hard it 's memorizing it's, it's, there is a, there is a, a type of root memorization whether it 's an easy root memorization because you find it easy to do and it 's quick to do on some words or some aspects of grammar right. or it's, sometimes it 's harder because the sounds might be strange to you or yeah. same as you know kids have the same problem when they 're growing up you tell a child a very strange word in a language and they're going to go huh? <laughs> and they may need to hear you repeat it several times yeah. another word they may just it may just click right? and they know it they remember it so the association or some sort of association and um, how we all remember I think is quite different we, all, we it, all think in different ways it's almost impossible to figure out how memory works yeah, I mean again everyone's different but You exactly. know, our brains work in different ways and we've heard some people talk about synesthesia here yeah you know, you know Attaching colours to or feelings to to letters and words—it's really strange. At least I find I don't have it. If if, if you don't have it, it sounds really unusual, right? But um, it's it's like many things that 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 are different. It will have its its advantages and its disadvantages, sure. And you hear people talk about those when they speak about 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 the um, the
0: phenomenon. Yeah. Um, it's almost like oh, the savants. Uh, there was the documentaries about. Um, See, from England, I think? Daniel Tammet. Daniel talent. Yeah, he was uh, when he was asked to do a math problem. He said that he just saw kind of a landscape. Yeah. And the the numbers kind of just transformed into colors and shapes. Yeah Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's the same with the mm-hmm. well, it's a it's a lower form, I suppose, of yeah. of, of or a higher form of something, however you want to put it. But it is it is a big and, and
1: unknown yeah. territory. I, I actually, it's funny that you brought him up because I met his, his Icelandic teacher. Oh, uh, really? In Reykjavik last year, yeah, And I, I spoke to her about him, and was he as incredible? And she said he was absolutely amazing. Right. And she said the 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 the, the footage that we saw, um. Said that he'd been there for a week. In actual fact, he was only there for like three or four days, (laughs) where he actually had time to, to to study language. So he did very, very well. And she said he was he was that good. Right. She said, it was incredible, and I actually made a video with her in Icelandic. Right. I, I just haven't released it yet.
0: <laughs> oh God!
1: Well, I don't speak any Icelandic, sadly. Yeah. I, I have to put subtitles on, which right. I haven't done. Yeah. So um, somewhat, yeah, the listeners can hear me murder Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll. I'll, I'll um, so any Icelanders out there that ever listen to this when I when I get round
0: to putting it online, do forgive me. Right. <laughs> And one last question I want to ask you about uh, general language learning is, um, and again, looking back at when you kind of started out, I know it's a, a longer process than that, but what kind of things are you doing very differently now than from when you started? Because I think you've put every single video you could ever make on how you actually learned it. But what, what do you think you do differently now than, than you didn't when you started? Or did you do new things maybe that you didn't do back Back, back then? Back in the day. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. <laughs> um,
1: no. Yeah, it's it's, about, the it's same. about the same. I mean, um, yeah, I've always mixed materials um, because, again, I, I, I don't always feel like doing the same thing. I get bored with the same thing. Um, I've, uh, I guess I, I go, go with my concentration. So if I don't feel like I can concentrate on a specific day, right. then I'll, I'll mix it up a little bit so that it makes it more interesting for me. Yeah. Um, But no, I mean, really, the the tools I'm using are fairly similar. I will use new technology more. So, for example, my iPad or whatever I I will use. Um, If there's a new application, I'll try it out and, and play with it. And, you know, maybe... Yeah, that kind of thing, I suppose, has changed because right. that's because technology has changed. Yeah. But the fundamental um, process of what I'm going through is similar because even though it's an application on an iPad, it's still a type of course or it's still a type of video or it's still the same kinds of
0: materials I was using before. Right. It's just, it's in, a a just in a different hacking. format. Exactly. Um, some people say, and I read a study about this, that when you use your hand to take notes, in, they did a uh, university class. Um, when they did notes in by hand and compared to people who did notes on the computer they said that the people who did notes by hand uh, could recall a fairly significantly higher percentage of the learning mm-hmm. do you think that technology is, is there's a there's a risk that by making it too easy for for us to consume language content that it's going to be less efficient i mean it's too efficient less efficient in the in the end um because I hear about, you know, Nils everson or somebody yeah, he, like he, he uh, David James. They all write by hand. So do I. Tons of hand. So do I. Right. I've got, I've got books, and books and
1: books and books and books and books and books that I've written. Um, so I, this year I did, I took on Ladino. and My idea was to do it for three months. But I finished a course that I had in a month. Wow. And then I went to Istanbul and I listened to talks in Ladino and I found I could understand Pretty much everything that they said. Oh. Um, the only thing I couldn't follow very well was the comedy routine they had at the end, okay. um, because they mixed in a lot of street Turkish that oh. I wasn't familiar with, and they went between the two. Like they code, he code switched a lot, oh, really? the guy, and I couldn't get all of the references. It was just <laughs> it was too difficult to get all the references. All right. That would need to be I mean a really high level. Of course, I think that's true for most languages. The yeah. jokes are hard, but the songs and the um, and, and the presentation. I listened to it for about two hours and I followed everything and I could laugh at the right places when they made jokes right. and you know it wasn't it wasn't too hard because it's quite some of the Spanish and it's got the same kind of Turkish words that I'm used to in Macedonian and, <laughs> and it's got these words that I know anyway right. I mean bearing in mind this is a language that was spoken on the Balkans right uh, you know after after they, they left Spain they went, a lot of them went to the Balkans to live in the Ottoman Empire. Uh, the Ottomans accepted the, the Jewish people into the Ottoman Empire, and and they lived there. Um, and a lot of them then you know as as things changed they, they went to Istanbul which is where the main uh, Sephardi community is outside of Israel right. um, and where the language is probably I, I imagine most spoken of, I'd be corrected if I'm wrong if anyone sure. But to um, sure but after a month I'd been through the course because it was so similar to what I'd seen before right. um, and I wrote out the whole book all the dialogues I don't tend to write in English I write it all I just write the language that's there yeah. and um if there's a word I don't know, I may write a note above it. Okay, this means this. Right. So, so that I don't forget what it what it is. Right. And then I just read through my notes yeah. and go through again. Um, and then really with a language like that, you need to get into the, the music, into the literature. And right. Things like that i didn't feel i needed to take it much further i'm i'm, I'm one that learns pra- languages for more practical reasons right. i'm interested i want to learn how it works and how it goes and be able to communicate uh, for certain languages right. but i don't particularly need to get into i'm, I'm not going to stop going around talking about ladino um, even though i definitely encourage anyone to, anyone out there to to have a look at it i think right, it's yeah. well worth um well worth a visit um, but at the same time, to, to get to that very high level, I think you need a real reason to
0: do that right. motivation. So you think the first step is quite, it, it's not for you a, a, a particularly hard or time-consuming task. But, but if you had to go from that yeah. to understanding all the jokes and the internal humor, maybe even cultural humor, it's that like, would be a considerable it's effort.
1: A, it's a huge investment for any language, even a language that's similar to ones you speak. It's a bigger investment than, than getting to that nice stage where you can communicate Right, um, and and understand things without having to strain and to struggle. <laughs> right. and, I mean, once you get to that stage in any language, I think you feel this these endorphins always running through your <laughs> body of wow, the satisfaction of learning, you know, and wow, true. I've actually got to this level, I've turned that corner. But to get to the other corners in a language where you, you turn the corner to the advanced level and you turn another right. corner much much later. I mean, we're talking years where you get to and like kind of a near native level right that corner to turn that corner it is it's it's almost a lifetime investment. It's
0: a long time <laughs> it's, it's so long no you are not going to get to uh, to the uh, C2 plus in uh, ladino but no i don't
1: I, 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 I know, and i don't see the need i mean i don't yeah. have a, a work need for it i don't have a, a social need for it because we don't no one speaks ladino where i live right. um, i i try to be practical but yeah. what I'm doing it, it makes sense even if I did how would I maintain it it would be you know what <laughs> I mean yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 just that, that need to then study it for so long you know so many hours right. doesn't then go away just because you've you've got to that level you don't stay at that level right. unless you continue
0: yeah so I guess uh, rounding off the, uh, the, the the whole writing by hand I, I guess my concern is that I'm a, a young generation that's grown up with computers mm-hmm. so and of course computers I'm sure can be fe- efficient in in producing or uh, improving language learning. Um, but I actually think the more I think about it, that, that going back to kind of writing by hand, because then you activate two different parts of the brain and all this, uh, I think it's actually something that I will consider when I come back. And it, It's well worth doing. Um, what, I, what I find I, I like to do
1: is um, sometimes if I'm looking at a new text that I find difficult to understand, I like to read it first, yeah. and then I will look at the words I don't know. I'll look what their meanings are and then I'll go back and reread it and then I'll start writing it out right just uh, and, word for word yeah and then I will read what I've written right and I will read it out as I'm writing it as well so that's all the processes. Yeah, that's basically what I do when when I'm writing something out, and I find that just having that repetition in what I'm doing is is pretty handy for me. As I say, it doesn't work for everyone. Right, of course. These, these are all things that that, that work for me. Uh, there's no right. There's no real right or wrong uh,
0: in this. There's <laughs> that's a, a good thing. There's a what works and what doesn't work for right. That. Fantastic. Well. Richard, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a, a, an honor and a great pleasure to have you. And thank you. You know, you were among my uh, biggest inspirators for for starting this in the first place. So, uh, so thank you for, for taking the time. Thank you. Well, podcast. For more information, be sure to check out actualfluency.com. Until next time, enjoy learning and have a great day.